Good evening, friends. It's very happy to be here tonight to serve the Lord. This has been a glorious week for us. The last two weeks, Brother Neville just taken me back in the room and was talking to me and said that there had been some over a hundred conversions had come to the Lord and almost fifty baptisms was baptized in water. That's worthwhile, isn't it? We're so happy for that. Happy to have strangers in our gates tonight and pray that God will bless you exceedingly abundantly. And we want to thank everyone who's put an effort in this meeting to do something for God's glory. We want to thank our brother Tom's and, and uh, brother Tom Meredith and sister Meredith and little Meredith here, both, all of them, for their singing, music, and we certainly welcome back to the Branham Tabernacle at any time. Amen. All that feels that's a amen. Brother Meredith, you know how we feel. I just met Brother Meredith recently and he's become a very close friend. Brother Neville for his... Brother Meredith, both for their gallant preaching and standing by and all that they've done. Brother Neville, we're happy to have you as our pastor here at this church. We want you to know that our deepest of love is for you. And, and I've got confidence in Brother Neville to chase his life back. And You know, the old saying, live me a sermon better than preaching me one. <laughs> a lot of truth to that. And so I... I am very happy that Brother Neville is here with us to take over the pastoral work of these sheep that's just been brought into the fold. The Lord Jesus bless our brother. And for the deacons and the, everyone, we just appreciate we had Brother Kidd, I believe it is, and many of the other different ministers, and Brother um, Hoover. I don't know whether Brother Hoover's here tonight or not, but uh, he's uh, been with us and was baptized this morning. Brother Dealer. Our old pal and chum along in the gospel, if you'll excuse me for saying that way. We're glad to have him and his cooperation. He's taking down the, the records of the meetings and so forth. And he'll be living it all over and over for a long time, I guess. So we're very happy for everyone. For the, you had sang the specials and everything. The Lord Jesus bless you is my prayer. Just a bit tired tonight. I haven't had much rest. Last night was a double sermon and got in about to bed about one o'clock and up again this morning real early in sunrise service and then Sunday school. Then stayed in the water almost two hours baptizing. That water is cold, isn't it, friends? <laughs> oh, that's the coldest water I ever seen. Ever felt, rather. My, I never I was so numb, though I just I didn't know whether I was stepping up or down, getting out of there. So I didn't even get thawed out when I got home, and the wife said dinner's ready, and I just jumped in a big bathtub of hot water and kind of warmed up a little and put on my clothes and went to funeral service. And we had the funeral service just as I got back home. There's an emergency call from the hospital, so I had to turn and go back to the hospital to get any dinner. So just Brother McSpadden, a bunch of us is over and had a little dinner just a while ago. Come back now for the evening service, the closing of the revival. We are sure happy for this privilege. Just a little bit hoarse, so you will bear with me. I said this morning I'm going to speak tonight on the signs following the believer. I didn't know when I got in this morning 
well, or just this evening, rather, to one of the trustees here at the church said, Brother Bill, do you remember tonight's communion night? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> here we are again now. So I went back in. I thought, Lord, now what am I going to talk about? Uh, I had a whole line of scriptures here wrote out. I was going to refer to a whole lot of them <laughs> on signs following the believer. So I had to alter that a little bit. So now maybe so we have communion service and we hope that you are with us in this great uh, feast. What a beautiful time to take communion right after the resurrection. Amen. And a beautiful time for the Holy Spirit to fall too. Right along in the same season now that the Holy Spirit to fall. So tonight... I hope now I didn't lose that ticket. Um, Billy Grimm, Evangelistic Film, is in Louisville and will be showing the Oil Tower of the USA April the 20th at the Memorial Auditorium. Uh, they asked me tonight if I would uh, announce that one of Billy Grimm's associates would announce it in our, my church. He gave me his card. So I'm... I'd like, if you could, to see that if it isn't inconvenient for you, and I believe it will be nice. He had this film recently, Mr. Texas, and many of you have seen that, a very fine film indeed, and I've never seen either one of them, but I've heard so many comments on them. That's April the 20th at the Memorial Auditorium in Louisville. And now, also, I believe there's going to be a revival going on this week over at the... At the auditorium also some young evangelists is over there preaching and if you're around about and can I know they'd appreciate I know how I tell you I wish I didn't have enough to do just from one revival to another That's, I like to get along in the fires and warm up don't you good brother Meredith did you announce to the people where your broadcast come in and everything well would you come here and do that right now brother Meredith will announce forget that. about it but just didn't want to take any time we're on every day at 1 o'clock uh, except Sundays we're on at 1.30 on WTCO 1150 on your dial I sat and heard myself preach today over in my truck on 2nd Street in front of Ms. Arnold's home and some of you can tune it in comes in real good at Ms. Arnold's home there and I've been trying to get her to tune it in once in a while and so uh, tune over about 11.50 on your dial 1 o'clock tomorrow here I program thank you brother Tom and is there anyone else got a revival that wants to announce it or any special? And the ministers. And we're always happy to recognize our brethren and their services. The Lord bless you now. And now, uh, don't forget to stay with us if you can immediately after this service, the speaking service for the, for the communion and foot washing. How many ever heard of foot wash? <laughs> well, that, you're just at home here as a pocket is in a shirt. Uh, we believe it because the Bible, we think, teaches it. So we, we wish you could stay over and be with us. You remember the old-fashioned Baptist down in Kentucky, how we used to have dinner on the ground and the old folks to get up and sing that like we did down at the Forks of the Creek. You remember? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. The brethren all get back under the shade trees there and they go to washing feet and shouting. That was real Baptist. <laughs> yeah. We didn't shake one another's hands like you Baptists do today. We beat one another back till we come through. We really had something. Ought to have some more of those Baptists, aren't we? Amen. That's right. And so uh, 
We still observe it here, feet washing, and we would like for you to be with us, if possible, tonight. So I'll try to quit just speaking, because I'm just a little hoarse, so pray for me now. And now I want to read some in the New Testament, in the first chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. I think this should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit in the Apostles. It was the way the Holy Spirit made the apostles act after he came. Now, in the 8th verse, we read this. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And now, just for a few moments, I want to use the subject of witnesses. And now... Shall we bow our heads just next for a moment of prayer, if you will? I wonder if our sisters would give us a little card of a Bible with me, if something on that other switch, if you will. Now, every person in here has a need now. Would you just let it be known to God by your uplifted hand? Just signify to God, I, I have a need, Lord. I have mine up to me. May He bless each one of you and give to you the desire of your heart. While every person in his own way now... Just the way you pray in church, that's the way I want you to pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you at the close of another day. Beautiful sun that was rising this morning is now done set. It's gone down. Dark clouds has covered the sky. We thank Thee for the day and for the memories that we had of that great memorial day when Jesus the Lord arose from the dead. Truly as nature is, so will it be soon. The sunset of time is going down. Won't be long till it'll all be dark. Many will be left here to go through that period of time out of hunger and thirst for an old-fashioned revival just like his clothes. God, I pray for that young woman out there in the hospital just now. Then that accident done, bursted one of her lungs, tore her husband up, mashed, crushed her heart, knocked over on the other side. Totally impossible with the doctors. Won't you be merciful just now? Remember, Lord, that Mr. Pritchard laying there gasping, dying. Through the gasp of breath, while reaching through the oxygen tent, he received Christ as his personal Savior. Down in the funeral home today, while kneeling there in the room, that poor old woman, 80-something years old, that she'd never accepted Christ as personal Savior and there in the funeral home at her granddaughter's funeral accepted Christ as her personal Savior. God be with you. Bless all those here at the tabernacle, Lord, this two weeks has come to the, you. Be with them. Bless those who were baptized this morning. May they grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord until they become in the full stature of Jesus Christ. Then someday be caught up together with Him in the clouds to meet Him in the air and forever be with the Lord. 
bless all that's shared tonight, Lord. That there be any in here that has not as yet accepted thee as their Savior. May this be the hour of their decision. May they come lovely, humbly, and accepting as their personal Savior. Grant it, Lord. And now, as I poor, unworthy, unprofitable servant, it seems to fall my lot to break the bread of life to the people again tonight. Lord, I pray that you'll help tonight. May the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, come, take the Word of God and place it into every heart, just as it has need of. Then may it be watered with faith and bring forth abundance of fruit. Grant it, Lord. We love you and we believe you and serve you. Now receive our thanksgiving, for we ask that in the name of the Lord Jesus, thy beloved Son. Amen. We're beginning tonight in this little short study of the Word of God, and while I do desire every believer to be in prayer, deep prayer for me now, there's no man can open this Word of God. We can pull back the pages, but to open it takes the Holy Spirit. Man cannot do that. That's not our ability. John saw the Bible laying in heaven and said there was no man in heaven or on the earth or beneath the earth worthy to even take the book to open it or to loose the seal. And then he's seen a lamb as it had been slain from the foundation of the world. He came and taken the book out of the right hand of him that sat up on the throne, opened the seals and loosed the book and opened it up to the people. And may he come tonight and do likewise. Jesus here was appointing his apostles for a qualification of the Holy Spirit before they were to go be witnesses. And my subject tonight is a witness. Now, in courts, a witness has to know something. Just anybody can't come in and be a witness. It's got to be somebody who knows something. And that's the way it is when we're witnessing for the Lord. It takes somebody who knows something. So Jesus said this, that before they could become his witnesses, they had to wait in Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. Then they would be the witnesses all over the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. In the courts, there's two kind of witnesses that'll stand. That's eye or ear. Now, if you're sitting in a room and look through a glass and see an accident, your witness, your word's no good because you were looking through a glass. You have to be right there close to really know what you're talking about. Before you can be a witness, you have to hear it or you have to see it before you can be a witness on a severe case in the courts. You can't say, Miss so-and-so told me or Mr. so-and-so or Reverend so-and-so told me. He's a witness, but you're not. So therefore, no man can exactly witness to the resurrection of Christ only by the Holy Spirit. You have to be a personal witness yourself. Being there, knowing something about it, knowing what you're talking about, 
And God help us to see the day that when man will be just what they are. You know, I'm, I say this now with all respects. It isn't our city full of bootleg joints that's a-hurting us. Amen. Here's what's a-hurting us more than ever is people who are professing to be Christians and not living like that. That's the thing. They're not a correct witness. They can't witness until they have an experience. And when they have an experience, then they become a witness automatically because they're born again and all of the things of the world, old things have passed away and all things have become new. Then you become a witness unto Jesus. Jesus knew before these apostles could ever go out and be a correct witness that they had to experience what they were witnessing about. Wouldn't that be nice today if every seminary did the same thing? If every Christian did the same thing? Would just come to church and say, Now, I'm accepting Jesus as my personal Savior. I'm going to stay right here until I get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then I'm going out to be a witness. Amen. Things would be different, don't you think so? Amen. We wouldn't have that loose, scattered uh, testimonies. People testify and say they're a Christian and go out and live other lives. And the unbeliever comes in and sees that. He says, Well, look at there. Is that the way they... And the devil will always point that out to you. You can just depend on that. He's a businessman. Don't es- underestimate his ability and his business realm because he knows what it's all about. Now, before you can be a witness, as I said, you have to know something. You really have to be a witness. God had a witness in the Old Testament. One of, the, one of his first witnesses was Noah. Noah was a witness because that he had heard the voice of God and warning that telling him that there was coming a flood and that he must build an ark. And preparation of this ark was to get up ready at once and he was prepare a place for the saving of the people. All who would come in could come in. And he was God's witness. Now the only thing that he knew that God had told him that it was going to rain, though it had never rained on the earth, but God said it was going to rain. So if God said it was going to rain, then that meant it was going to rain. So he was a witness of the Word of God. And so he was called. And he went out and prepared an ark and got things ready for the rain before the rain ever started to fall. Then there's another witness of God. There were some people one time, the Jews from the tribe of Judah, where they got their name because they wouldn't walk after the ordinances of God, wouldn't keep his commandments. God called King Nebuchadnezzar to come in and to take them captive down into the land of Babylon. Many of us remember the famous old story of how they hung their harps on the weeping willow tree and they could not sing the songs of Zion. All their victory was lost. Not because God wanted to take it away from them, but because of their sins separated them from God. That's the reason tonight that many of the Christians hasn't got the victory is because their sins has separated them from the blessing. Cut off. Out in a desert place, alone. And our hearts are hanging on a weeping willow tree. 
because we can't enjoy the songs of the church. I remember long ago when we used to come in here, they'd be playing down at the cross on the piano. When the bell was being tolled and come in, there'd hardly be a dry eye in the church. Everybody weeping slowly. The mellow, I just like the old-fashioned way. The mellow, sweet power of the Holy Spirit broke up. Before we can ever make any headway, we got to get broke up first. You know, like the potter, the prophet was going down to the potter's house to be broke up, to be made over again. And you know, if there's no breaking up, there's no making over again. You have to first be broke up. And how that is like the ground. If you're going to have a crop, Brother Wright, you have to break your ground up first, tear it all to pieces, and then plant your seed. And it'll come forth. Depends on what kind of seed you plant then while it's broke up. So then while the crops, the ground's all broke up, it's time to plant the seed. Then these brethren who has gone away from the promised land down into Babylon, carried away because their sins had separated them from God. And I'm just old-fashioned enough to believe tonight this, that when the church or any individual begins to play and flirt with the world, you're going to have the same experience. Getting away from God. Getting away from the truth. That's the word. And I believe it. I, I know that is truth. I've been in the ministry now 20 years. And I've seen all different sorts and kinds around the world. But I tell you, friend, you may be looked down upon, but I like an old-fashioned, broke-up meeting. Someone come by one day and said, while I was preaching here, said, Did that woman, Billy, how could you preach? And that woman sat back there snubbing, crying hard, amen. I said, maybe that was a whole lot the reason I was preaching. <laughs> yeah, I said, if she said, well, that would just almost kill me if, if I was trying to talk to somebody carrying on like that. I said, it didn't hurt me, brother. It was encouraging me. He, he said, was she a horrible sinner or something? I said, no. She was a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit. And weeping? I said, yes. The Bible said, He that goeth forth weeping shall doubtless return again, bringing with him precious sheep. Amen. That's right. He that goeth forth sowing, and, and re, uh, sowing tears will doubtless return again, bringing with him precious sheep, rejoicing as he comes back. But the first thing's first, breaking up, making over, then come rejoicing. Amen. All right. These children of Israel got down there was under another king. Not their own king had been carried away with them. They come under another king, a cruel king, King Nebuchadnezzar. So one day he said that if any peoples, when he made, erected a great image out in the fields and said that every person that would not bow down to that image must be thrown in the fiery furnace and be burned. What an agree was made that these boys should be burnt up, everyone. And there was three down there that had had previous answer to prayer. Named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They turned their backs to the image and they said, Be it known to thee, O king, 
I want you to notice this. God wants His witnesses to be stern. Amen. Not a witness today and wishy-washy tomorrow. Amen. I was preaching a funeral service today and cutting it strong. Someone asked me to. Said, I think most of the people were sinners hadn't accepted Christ. I thought maybe I cut it a little too strong. And when I was going out in the, the undertaker's car... He reached over and patted me on the shoulder and said, Preacher, I want to comment you. Uh-oh. He said, That's the way I think that it should be preached. He said, I don't like wishy-washy religion. I thought, Boy, there's hopes for you. That's right. That's right. Where were you really? Put it where it belongs. That's exactly right. Then, these children of Israel... These Shadrach and the Meshach and Abednego, God's witnesses. God's never been without a witness. He's always... Now here, I want you to get this real close. God has never at any time been without a witness on earth. He's always had at least one man he could put his hands on and say, That's my witness. It's come down to one man. One time, Job was his only witness. Abraham and the... In the land, but God had a witness. Somebody's going to witness for God somewhere. Now, after a while, we want to find out what a witness really is at this day. All right. Notice, these men, as they went down there, they refused to eat the king's meats, drink his wine, and they refused to bow to his image. They were a genuine, true witness of God. Then... There are sometimes a penalty goes with the witness. Sometimes when you witness for God, you have to suffer a little bit. Yes. Remember when the mother told you that you couldn't stay around home as long as you read the Bible and carried on, or some of the neighbors said or the children said at school you was a fanatic or something because you was a true witness? Remember on the job how all the men laughed at you because you was a real witness? Yes. How on the streets you were made fun of when you give a testimony? But that's a genuine sign of a real, true witness. God wants witnesses. Now, some people say, I testify in church. That's good. But, brother, let your light shine in the dark places where it's really Out in the high edges and the highways, in the bar rooms, out down the street, everywhere you're at, let your light shine as a witness. Amen. Notice, then... The fiery trial come on, and every man that will witness for God will have to go through fiery trials. Isn't it strange how God leads His people? Very strange. Just as soon as Jesus was baptized, He went into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Just as soon as Israel come out under the blood, circumcised, the Holy Spirit leading them in a form of a light, right straight up to the Red Sea, and there... Hard. Mountains on one side, desert on the other, Pharaoh's army coming, and the Red Sea cutting them off. God led them right to that place. What? To get glory. Then Moses prayed, and God told him to step right on down towards the Red Sea, holding his stick out in front of him. And as he walked, the Red Sea moved from one side to the other, right across the Red Sea. Why? God's path led through. As soon as they come out of there, right into the wilderness of sin. 
strange. God's path led right through that great temptation there when they murmured against God. They went from there on from one murmur to another, from one trial to another. As the old song says, some through the waters, some through the flood, some through deep trials, but all through the blood. That's God's way of leading. Leading his testimonies, his witnesses. Now, when it comes time to test of the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Our God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, but nevertheless, if he doesn't, we're not bowing down. We're going to die real witness. I like that. I like that old courage. Like old Buddy Robinson. He said, Lord, give me the backbone like a sawlog. That's the kind of witness to be. Courage. God likes us to be courageous. He told Joshua before he crossed over, he said, Be thou very courageous. For the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. You say, well, if God would tell me like he did Joshua, I'd have some courage too. He's told every believer the same thing. Amen. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Courageous. Let's go take the promise then. God gave us the promise. Let's be a real witness. So you hit the furnace seven times hotter than it ever was. Hit before. That's the way the devil does it. Brother, he don't halfway do nothing. He pushes everything he's got right into you. But thanks be to God, God got some pushing back there. He doesn't That's right. All right. Look at him. So he said, now notice. I can see King Nebuchadnezzar set himself by the side of the big furnace and the smoke. The skies were red. I imagine all night long there was a prayer meeting going on. You know, if you're coming to a test, here it is. That's the trouble with the church today. You rely upon your own senses and ability instead of taking it to the Lord. That's right. Today we start to send to somebody somewhere where you say we get out and have a little counsel and meet and say we should do this or go here or do that. But the Bible, in the days before they sent out the apostles, they met together and fasted and prayed. And the Holy Spirit said, Separate me, Paul and Barnabas. The Holy Spirit. You notice, not man's opinion, but the Holy Spirit leading, guiding. Amen. Notice. Now, prayer meeting all right. So they had to show what they were made out of. And brother, every man that professes to be a Christian, sometime or other, you've got to show what you're made out of. The devil's going to call your hand. Well, little Tommy Osborne, many of you know him, come over. I was sitting on the porch. He said, Brother Branham, I said, I was in the meeting. I seen that maniac fall across your feet. He said, what can I do? I said, now, Tommy, don't profess anything that you can't back up. The devil's going to call your hand on it. Yes, he will. And you'll do it right away. I said, then if you can't back it up, you know what's a coming. It'll be a reproach. So be sure that you're right before you make your statement. That's right too, Christian. Be sure that down in your heart, God has separated you from the things of the world and made you a new creature. Then go tell people you're a Christian. 
until that happens, stay right at the altar and die till you just as dead as you can be. All right. Die till you're so dead to you, you can't even... Well, that's right. Dead. You know, I think today we bury too many live people. You bury people after they're dead. Is that right? Yes, sir. Listen, brother. A dead man won't argue with you. You can say anything to him you want to. Call him all kinds of names. He won't say a word. Why? He's dead. And a man that's dead in Christ. You can offer him a drink. You can give him this, that, other, but he's dead. And he's hid in Christ through God's seal by the Holy Amen. That's it. Now, then he can't do those things because he, he just can't do it. It's against his nature. He becomes a new creature. You take an old hog and wash him up and scrub him up and manicure his toenails and give it lipstick and put it on all the nylons you want to, turn it loose, it'll go right to a waller and waller. The scrubbing don't do no good. It's still got the nature of a hog. And then you take a lamb and put him in a mud hole, he'll squeal till you get him out. Why? He's the nature of a lamb. Now, the only way to keep the hog out of the mud is change his nature. That's right. That's the only way to make a Christian. Let his nature be changed from a sinner to a saint. And his only one remedy, that's the Holy Spirit, then you're a witness. Amen. Now, notice... I want you to get this close. King Nebuchadnezzar made the, the proclamation that these people should be burned. And that morning they come bound on their hands. They went a plank walking up or a road up to the top of the furnace. The big furnace opened. They were going down into the furnace. And they started the death march. He said, now look, you've got a chance now. If you want to take down, all right. They said, our God's able to deliver us, but we're not taken back. They were real true witnesses to the end. They started walking up the pathway, going up. The soldiers marched them. The intense heat got so bad until it just about choked out the soldiers. And then when he got ready to push them into the fire furnace, I can hear Shadrach say, Hey, you sure you prayed up? <laughs> yes, I believe it's all right now. All right, and then even the soldiers were slaying the ones who brought them in. And they pushed them just a few steps and they were going to push them into the fire furnace. Now, all the time, there's something going on on earth. There's something going on in heaven, too. Got an awful picture here under consideration now of a believer going to his death. But let's turn our camera tonight towards heaven. And while things are going on down here, there's something going on up there. I can see God the Son of God sitting on the right hand, looking down. I hear an angel come and say, Lord, I am Gabriel, with his great sword in his hand, saying, Now, I, ever since the day that you created me, I've stood by your right side. I've done just what you told me to do. Have you looked down at them witnesses this morning? They're fixing to burn up three witnesses. I can hear him say, I've watched them all night long. Let me go down. He said, I'll get rid of it. I'll change the picture. I believe he could have done it. But he said, Gabriel, just put your sword back into its sheath. I can't let you go. Then I look coming here to his left. Here comes a great mighty angel by the name of Wormwood. 
He has control of the water and he falls before him prostrate and says, Lord, have you looked down to them witnesses? Well, they're fixing to burn them up this morning because they're witnessing to God. Say, yes, I've watched him. Let me go down. I'll wash Babylon off of the face of the earth. I believe he could have done it. He said, you gave me the keys and during the time of the antiluvian uh, world and I flooded the whole thing and washed it off for you. I'll do the same thing this morning if you just, just give it to me. I can hear him say, yes, that's right. You can do it. I, I know you can do it, but I can't let you go. Why, Lord, stand over here on my left side. Because I can't let you go, I'm going myself. I watched them all night. I watch my witnesses. I watch over my word to performance. I just can't let you go because I'm going myself. They're just about one step now to go down into the Ferrari furnace. Isn't it strange? God lets you come right to the last step of the road. Seems like he doesn't care. He just that, but he's watching you. I think of when he was looking down into Babylon... His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. He watches you. Notice, then I can see him as he raises off of his great throne. His priestly garments drop around him, and he looked out there, and a great big thunderhead was sitting back in the north side. I can hear him say, come here, east wind, west wind, north and south. I want to drive you this morning. They got under that thunderhead and rolled up the side of the of the throne and he stepped off onto this big thunderhead reached up and got a hold of his zigzag lightning and cracked it through the skies like that and about the first time they made that final step to go in there he come down with a tree of life a stream of life and picked off a big palm for a fan and when they hit that fiery furnace there was one like the son of God standing in the midst of them standing away all the fiery breezes away from them and after burning a long time real true witnesses God will stand by a real witness right then notice when all the heat was on and the fire was burning that king's heart become troubled he said go open up the furnace maybe and see if there's any ashes left and when they jerked open the door he jumped up said how many did you put in there Said three, he said, I see four, and the other looks like the Son of God. Standing by his witness. God always will stand by his witness. Amen. You know that's the truth. God will make a difference and will stand by those who witness for him. One time there was a little fellow by the name of David. He went up to take some raisins out to his brothers one time that was in war. And his father just sent him out. Saul was a king. The Philistines was on one side and the Israelites on the other side. A ditch between them with a stream of water flowing. And as the devil always does, when he thinks he's got the upper hand, brother, he really pushes it. So he had a great big fellow there, about seven foot or eight foot tall, maybe a little more. Maybe ten feet, great big shoulders like a barn door. Big spear and armor. And he stood out there and he said, I'll tell you what let's do. I'm the witness over here for the Philistines. Let us have a witness from over there. And let the armies not fight, but let us come out and fight. And if I kill him, then you all serve us. If he kills me, then we'll serve you. See how the devil is? When he thinks he's got the upper hand, he boasts, brags, and cares on. Saul, seven foot himself, was afraid to go meet him. And the armies of Israel was defeated. 
standing back on the hillsides looking across. After a while, here come a little old boy up walking along there. Little old ruddy looking fella. Not very big, little scrawny, spindly looking fella. But there was something beating her, that little old sheepskin jacket that the rest of them didn't have. He walked up there and gave his brother some raisins and was talking to him about the war. After a while, this big giant came out and made his boast just at the wrong time. Said, who'll come over and fight us? And David said, who's this fellow? <laughs> said, do you mean to tell me you'll let that uncircumcised Philistine stand out there and defy the armies of the living God? Can't we have somebody to stand there and witness for the powers of God? All of them are scared. He said, I'll go. I like that courage. I'll go. Let me fight him. While he walked up, they took him up to Saul. And Saul said, well, that man is a warrior from his... Why, he's been a warrior from his youth, and you ain't nothing but a youth. Look! Hallelujah. I love it right here. David said, look. Thy servant to Saul, the Lord let me kill a bear with this slingshot. He let me take a kid out of a lion's mouth and slay him. I grabbed him with the whiskers and tuck it away from him. I'm a witness. Hallelujah. He lived somewhere. He had seen something. He had put the power of God to a test and he was a witness. That's what we need today. That's right. Yes, sir. He said, I'm a witness of what I'm talking about. talking about. He said, I'm a witness of the power of God. A bear ran up to grab a kid and I killed him. <laughs> he said, oh, I ran up and grabbed him and I caught him with the whiskers and slayed him. He said, and the God that helped me to kill the bear of the lion, won't he much more give this uncircumcised Philistine into my hands? Hallelujah. In the days when they say the days of miracles is past, well, they say old-time religion won't take anymore. That was something for Grandpa and Grandma. Brother, I'm glad tonight that there's some witnesses of the old-fashioned Holy Ghost. God-blue-sin-killing religion that kills out the very nature and the organic powers of the devil. Oh, witness. So my. Say the people are too noisy. Well, they got something to be noisy about. Sure. Listen, I'll prove to you that the Bible religion has always been noisy. Yes. God told Job, said, where was you when Job thought he was a great man? Where was you when I laid the foundation of the world? Someone said to me, they said, Brother Billy, are you still preaching some of that new kind of religion you got? I said, no, sir. I'm preaching the oldest religion there ever was and the only one there really is. you got salvation. Oh, that new concept. We didn't have that here a few years ago. I said, let me tell you, brother, it's older than the world is. Amen. That's right. Job said, where was you when I laid the foundations of the world? When the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy. God. Millions of years before the foundation of the world. Amen. Amen. That's right. Witness. While when Arian, the great priest, when he went into the holies of holies, packing the blood, they had to dress him a certain way. And he had to walk a certain way. He had to be a witness for God. And he took the blood. And he went forward. 
and on the ends of his garments at the bottom was a bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate. And he had to walk so as that place, holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Talk about holiness. And the reason that bell rang against the pomegranate was the only way that they know that God hadn't slayed him. The only way they know he was alive when he was back there, they could listen and hear the bell, hear the noise. Brother, I tell you, we hear the pomegranates and bells beating together tonight like that with a joyful noise. As a witness, God still lives and reigns. Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and Jeffersonville, Indiana. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice, David said, you mean to tell me that uncircumcised Philistines, in other words, unchristianized, that man who does, what is circumcision? That man out there with the Holy Ghost, with all of his DDs, can stand and defy the living God? Oh my, how can he do it? He said he's uncircumcised. Now, we are circumcised by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is our circumcision. And you mean to tell me that you let these doctors of divinity and Ph.D. and D.D. and double D stand out there and tell us that old-time religion's not right? When the baptism of the Holy Ghost proves that it's right? Say, people won't come. Yes, they will. Amen. Amen. Old John the Baptist, when he began to preach, he was the greatest preacher of all the age. He's a very simple man. He went into the wilderness at the age of nine years old. He didn't get a Ph.D. But what did he do? He didn't come out with his collar turned around or, or know the doxology of the Apostles' Creed. But he was God's witness. When he came out of the wilderness of Judea, he preached with such a gospel with an old sheepskin draped around him like this. Oh, my. But he stirred all the regions around about Jerusalem and Judea and around Jordan. Why, he preached Christ. Not in a historical affair, but in a present event, present time fact. Hallelujah. Today we preach history all over the world, the resurrection of Christ. But what about you as an individual in your heart? Has he risen in a new life? Has the old life died? David said, you go let that uncircumcised Philistine stand out there and say such things? Well, I said, I'll go fight him. <laughs> so the first thing you know, Saul said, well, if you're determined to go, I'll give you my, my armor. I'll give you my shield, my helmet, my sword. Oh, my. <laughs> Listen, when little David got that great big thing, imagine those shoulders about like that and them shoulders on that shield about like that or that breastplate. They got it on, and poor little fellow couldn't walk. Listen, we found out that an ecclesiastical shield won't fit a man of God. Amen. That's right. All your theology won't fit the power of God. You don't need theology. You don't need education. What you need is a surrendered heart to the way of God. It wouldn't fit a man of God. He said, take this thing off of me. 
I don't need your Ph.D. <laughs> Amen. Said, I'm a witness of what? Said, I never tried this kind of stuff. I don't know anything about your theology. Let me go the way the Lord delivered me from the lion and the bear. That's what I say today, brother. Don't let me go with some psychology, but let me go with the old-fashioned baptism of the Holy Ghost. And deliver me. Let me go like that. Oh, he said, I can't go with all this. I've never tried it. Don't know nothing about it. How do I know how to stand and repeat all these creeds and everything like that? I don't know nothing about it. said, take the thing off of me. So I took it off. He felt pretty good. Reached back, picked up his little sling shot. It felt like running. <laughs> You know how you feel when you get your sling in your hand. He looked over and glass said, What are you going to do about it? David said, I'm coming. <laughs> Amen. Picked up this little slingshot, run down across the creek and picked him up five rocks. Put one of them in there, wound it up in his hands. And Goliath said, Do you mean to tell me that that little holy roller, or, uh, you know, <laughs> that little fellow without a net, uh, whatever he is coming down to meet me? He said, hey, with all my degrees and all, why I can't even spend my time with him. <laughs> talking about divine healing, talking about the power of God, talking about salvation, can't even spend my time with him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But he was a witness of what he was talking about. Amen. If ever a man or woman is a witness of what they're talking about, don't you worry, they'll have to spend time. Because hog killing time will be on, brother, the scraping boards will be out. Amen. That's right. <laughs> All right. He put that little old rock down in that slingshot. Here he went across the branch and up over the hill running to meet this. Why? He said, look. He said, you meet me as a... He said, well, you, I'll pick you up on the end of my spear, probably 30 or 40 feet long. He said, I'll pick you up on there and I'll give your flesh to the birds to eat today. Look at David. A witness now. You know what he's talking about. The opposition was against him. Sure, it was against him. But he knew he had. He was a witness. He knew what he was talking about. Yes. So he said, you meet me as a Philistine in the name of a Philistine with an armor, with a spear. But I'll meet you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Amen. Amen. That's the difference. That's what made the difference. And he said, today he's slain. While the giant laughed at him and went to kill him. Little David starts when he gets about in slain throw. He had, watch, he had five stones. J-E-S-U-S. Wrapped up in five fingers. F-A-I-T-H. He got the thing to work in life around and around and around. And when you get faith in Jesus Christ working in a perpetual motion in your soul, something's going to take place. Sin and sickness will get away from you. Devils will scatter like these brushes on a floor in the summertime when the lights turn on. Here he comes. F-A-I-T-H in Jesus. Here he comes. I'll meet you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And he began to swing that slingshot around the Holy Ghost, shot that rock round to that Philistine and killed him. David took his own sword and cut off his hand. Held it up and said, Come on, boys. I told you God would do it. Hallelujah. He was a witness. You know what he was talking about. He tried it. He proved it. He didn't know about the armor and the spear, but he knew what he had in his hand. God had been with him. I don't know. We don't know about all your great big ideas and things like that, but we do know what the Holy Ghost is, and we know what it does for us. So we want to be a witness. Now you have to go get it first before you can be a witness. There was a fellow one time by the name of Elijah. God was with him. He had seen God in great trials. He had seen God do things. So he seen sin come up on the nation. So he said, now just a minute. 
He went up there and prayed, and God gave him a witness. He said, now you go down and tell the king you're not even dues go to fall unless, I, unless you call for it. He goes down and tells the king that, went up there and sat down. And uh, could you imagine? I hear some of the people say, that old man's cracked at his head. <laughs> Why, he says, there ain't going to be no rain until he calls for it. But he was God's witness. He knew what he was talking about. He knew what God would do. Because God always keeps his word, and Elijah knew that. Amen. So he knew God had told him it wasn't going to rain, so he went and told it wasn't going to rain. If God said, if you can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then go get it. Amen. If God says healing's for you, then go get it. Amen. If you're a witness, go on witness for him. Yeah. God promised it. He can't lie. No matter what they say, the days of miracles is past, that, just let that go. It's God's word we're taking, yeah. not somebody else's. Yeah. I can see the first thing, you know. Here comes old Elijah one thing. He said, look at that old crank now. He's gone up top the hill there and sat down with that brook cedar. What a pitiful looking sight. That old man up there with long gray whiskers, about 70 years old, and a stick in his hand, a little cruise oil. Well, you'll starve to death up there. But after a while, the drought comes. He began to move on. Any old man people down there that thought that he was crazy, they happened to notice that up there, he was eating three meals a day, having a good time. Yes, he was better off than a lot of people in here tonight. He had some porters. That's right. The porters come by, crows come by every day and brought him sandwiches, give it to him for his breakfast. Some fellow said not long ago, said, Preacher, do you mean you believe that? I said, Yes, sir. Amen. Right, come on. He said, You mean to tell me that you believe it? He, it I said, Yes, he did. How do you, where do you get the fish at? I said, I don't know. Amen. Where do you get the bread? I said, I don't know. So you think you went to a bakery? I said, I can't tell you. But the only thing I know, the crows brought it, he eat it, was thankful for it, and done what God told him to do. Amen. That's the same way with the baptism Amen. of the Holy Ghost. You say, what makes that people shout? I don't know. Amen. Oh, you mean, it's manna coming from God out of heaven. Do you mean you actually feel something? I don't believe it. Well, you don't have to. The Holy Ghost brings it. I just eat it and satisfy it and shout Have a good time. Let the world go and be what you want. The Holy Spirit. Where does he get it at? Where does the manna come from? Where does anything come out of the air that you can't see? I don't know, but it gets here. <laughs> Are you a witness of it? Have you tasted the Lord is good? Do you know what you're talking about? That the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just as real tonight as you might be. Power of God in the salvation. Sure it's good. He sat there and eat. When he got ready to drink, he just stepped towards the side of the brook and drank. That was all. And they thought he was crazy. <laughs> no, he was God's witness. That's right. The first thing you know, when the brook dried up, he said, Now, I've prepared a widow to take care of you. My, what a place for a preacher to go to a widow's house. But God said, I, I prepared it. So he goes down there. He's to be a witness down there. So this widow, so he goes down there. And he's walking along down the street according to the vision. He's supposed to see a woman in the yard, I suppose. He's seen a woman in the yard. He said, that's her. So just walk by. He said, go bring me a little drink of water and a, a morsel of meal or, or cake rather in your hand. She said, as the Lord lives and your soul never dies said, I have only enough meal in the barrel and enough oil in the cruise to make one little cake. And I'm out here baking, uh, getting two sticks. And said, I'm going to make the cake for me and my son. And as soon as we eat that, we die. He said, go fetch me a cake first. Amen. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Have you ever witnessed that to be the truth? Put God first. Pay your tithes first. Pay everything first. Pay God. Pray first in the morning. Pray all through the day. Give God 
the first place in everything. You'll be a witness. She runs right and she had two sticks. In the old oriental way, they used two sticks. It was two sticks crossed like this, and the fire was in the middle. The Indians still use it, and they move the logs up as they burn. That was the cross, Christ, where the fire was in the middle. They took a little of the meal offering. Put that ground meal, all ground just the same. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forever. Poured in the oil, which is the Holy Spirit, and mixed it together, the Holy Spirit and Christ. Gonna make some kind of a whole cake now, brother. Amen. Oh! Don't think I'm crazy, I'm just religious tonight. All right. Notice. Make me a little cake first. So he took the meal offering, Christ poured the Holy Spirit in it and mixed it up and put it on the cross and cooked it. Oh, brother, talk about a cake. That was one of them. Come out, brought the little whole cake, the last drop of water she had, and the prophet stood there and eat it and drank the water. So now go back and make one for you and your son, for thus saith the Lord. The barrel will not go empty, you do the cruise grow dry until the day God sends rain upon the earth. What a witness. That's right. That widow was a witness in the land. After that great prophet was taken and Elijah taken his place, Elisha took Elijah's place. Oh, I can imagine this type of a witness. One day he started off and he seen Elijah and he threw his mantle over him and blessed him and he killed the oxen, made a sacrifice showing that all the things of the world was dead behind him. That's the way to come to God. Amen. Kill everything behind Amen. you, burn all the bridges. Amen. Don't lay that bottle up so you'll find it tomorrow. And don't lay this other thing up so you'll find it tomorrow. Amen. Get rid of the thing. Burn up. Amen. Amen. Be a real witness. Come out, brother, barefooted. Uh, that's the way. Amen. Excuse those expressions, but that's the only way I know how to say it. <laughs> All right, so now you get, you know, things are going to happen around here. All right. Notice that he started from uh, Gilgad and he went on to the school of the prophets. And I want you to notice. When he got up there at the school of prophets, he said, The Lord's leading me to Jordan. Three stages that Elisha followed Elijah. And Elijah was a type of Christ. Elijah, Elisha, the type of the church. I go up to Gilgal. First, justification by faith. And then he said, Now you stay here to the church, Elijah. Elisha to Elijah, the young and the old prophet, a type of Christ and the church. He said, as your soul is, I'll not stay here, but I'm going with you. And he went up to Gilgal. And when he got up there, he said, now you stay here. The Lord's calling me up to the school of the prophets. So he said, as the Lord lives and your soul never die, I'm going with you. I'll not leave you. That's the church. <laughs> Keep your eyes on Jesus. Wherever he moves, go. If he goes out of the Methodist church, go right on with him. If he goes out of the Baptist church, go right on with him. If he goes out of the Baptist church, go right on with him. I will not leave you, no matter where Mama belongs, where Papa belongs, where this happened or not. I will go with you. I will not leave you. Hallelujah. I am your witness. I can't go. You're a part of me. Come on, I'll follow. And he goes to the school of the prophets. And he said, you stay here. And some of the prophets said to Elijah, he said, do you know your master will be taken from you? He said, I know it, but hold your peace. Amen. I like that. I'm going to stay right with him. No matter what the rest of them say. And Elijah turned around and said, now you tarry here, for God's sending me to Jordan. Three places. 
justification, Gilgal, sanctification, the school of the prophet, and to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Jordan word, Jordan represents death. Notice Martin Luther, John Wesley, Pentecost, down to the Jordan, dying out time. So Elijah walked right on down to the river with Elisha. And when they got down to Jordan, death, last stage of the journey, old prophet reached over and pulled off his mantle, struck the waters, and the waters divided thither and thither, and the two walked across his own dry land. The preacher stood off and looked at him go across. Amen. When they got on the other side, now after, oh, I hope this soaks into the Branham Tabernacle plump down to the mire of the bone. Not when he was at Gilgal. Not when he was at the school of the prophet. Neither when he was on this side of Jordan. But after he had crossed Jordan, followed him every step of the way. You're willing to say, I accept Jesus as my personal Savior. I'll quit my bad habits, but come down to Jordan where you have to die out for all the things of the world, all your friends and everything's forsaken. You keep your eye on Him alone. Then what? He said, I'm going to go with you right on through Jordan. Amen. I like that. Why? I'm going to be a witness of this. And He passed through Jordan. Notice. Here it is. I want you to get it. After he crossed Jordan, then he said, What will you that I do for you? That's what Christ wants to do at the church tonight. After you're separated from the things of the world, after you become a new creature in Christ Jesus, after you're born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, crossed over Jordan, all the things of the world's dead behind you. Now ask what I can do for you. I like this. He said, that a double potion of your spirit come up on me. That preacher knows what he's talking about. A double potion because I want to witness that much more. He said, you've asked a hard thing. But if you will see me when I go away, it shall be what you ask you shall have. Now, brother, you're talking about a preacher watching the other one. He is really watching him. That's what the church ought to be doing tonight. For a double potion of the spirit is watching Christ. Watching the Holy Ghost the way it moves. Notice. He said, you've asked a hard thing. But he couldn't keep one eye on the world and one eye on Elijah. He had to put both eyes right straight on Elijah and follow him. The trouble of it is tonight, we got too many Christians, people professing Christians, got one eye on the world and the other on the cross. You'll fall as sure as the world. Let your eyes be single. Let your heart be single. Let your thoughts be single. Amen. Brother, that rubs in, but that hurts, but it's good. Amen. Amen. We as little kids, we used to have to take castor oil all the time. Mama back there, she used to give me castor oil, and I'd hold my nose and gag. She'd say, honey, I'd say, that stuff makes me so sick. She said, if it don't make you sick, it don't do you any good. So maybe there it is. Maybe the gospel can be applied the same way. If it don't stir you all up, it won't do you any good. Keep your eyes on Christ. Keep moving on. Don't care what the world says. Keep moving on. They that are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Is that right? There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, that walk not after the flesh or the things of the world, but after the Spirit. No condemnation walking on. Now notice, and when he was being taken up, after a while a chariot of fire come down, Picked up Elijah 
and he stepped on it, and as he went out, he pulled off his robe like this and threw it back, and it dropped on the ground. When the horses of chariot of fire packed him away, oh, I want you to get this now. What a beautiful type. Elijah, the young prophet then, the one that was his witness of all the power that he had did, all the things that Elijah done, Elisha was his witness. Then he picked up the same mantle, threw it on his own shoulders, started walking down towards Jordan. A perfect, beautiful type walked down to the Jordan, pulled off the mantle, held it in his hands, and struck the waters. Said, Where is the God of Elijah? And the waters divided from one side to the other. A type of the church following Jesus, seeing his power, seeing his miracles. And he one day was asked, some said, let, one woman said, let my son sit on the right hand and one on the left. He said, can you drink the cup that I drink? Said, yes. Can you be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? Said, yes. Said, truly you will, but the right hand and left hand is not for me. In other words, the same baptism that I have, you'll have too. And when the church washed him, when he went to Pentecost, he went to the upper room and he had the supper, went out to Calvary, was crucified. And then when the church called out, Watched him when he went on his ascension going up. He said, now I'm going to send you into all parts of the world to be a witness unto me. But before you go, wait up there to the city of Jerusalem because this same Holy Ghost man lifts up on me is going to come down on you. I'm going to send it back. And they went up to the city of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And there was baptized with the same Holy Ghost that was up on Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Then you're witnesses of me as Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same Holy Spirit was up on the prophet Elijah. Elijah was up on Elisha in a double potion. And we tonight as a church of God, brother, sister, who's claimed to kiss the rims of the blessed cup of his blessing with the baptism of the Holy Ghost falling upon us and enshrouding us, baptizing us into his spirit and going out as his witnesses, how can we hold our peace in a day like this Amen. when corruption and stuff is on every side? Let us stand and bear a record of the truth. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Oh, my. I got to quit. I feel like I could start right now and preach, I believe. I, I just get him feeling good. The mantle, a double potion. Jesus said, the things that I do shall you also, and greater, more of it, a double potion. You're my witnesses after you receive the double potion. Let's watch him. Keep your eyes on him. The mantle is down. The mantle is here tonight. The same Holy Spirit that is upon Jesus Christ is in this church tonight to robe any believer that's in here with power. Come on, high. Then you'll be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, South Africa, Asia, wherever you go. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Tarry ye. No wonder Philip could go down and preach. No wonder when he stoned the little fellow Stephen's and he looked up into heaven, the clods hit him on both sides of the head, mashing his little brains out onto the ground. He looked up and said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Amen. He was a witness. No wonder Paul saw on his way down there, his eyes were blinded when a light fell before him. 
And he said, Who is it, Lord, that I, I persecuted? He said, Jesus. And he said, Go down to the street called Straight. And he had a preacher down there who saw visions. So he, by the name of Ananias, and Ananias saw a vision of Paul. And he went in and laid hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who met you in the way has sent me that I might lay my hands upon you that you receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. For he showed me that you must be a great witness to him. Amen. A witness first. What? Receive your sight and receive the Holy Ghost. The scales fell off his eyes. He rose and went out to the Damascus River and was baptized. I imagine they had a time down there, don't you? There was Saul on the road going down with orders in his pocket to arrest all that bunch of holy rollers. That's right. Breathing out threatening. God knocked him off his eye horse. He made him a witness of what those people had. Oh, my, I wonder if people tonight ain't riding the same high horse tonight. Should be knocked off and be a witness. I watched of a morning when the dew would fall from the heavens. You watch it. When the sun comes up, that little dew, watch it how it sparkles, just like a little star. What is it? It's a witness. It knows as soon as that sun rises to a certain place, like this, when it rises to a certain place, it's going up again. That moisture will go right up. Why? It's been up there once, and it just fell down. It's going up again. It's a witness of this sunlight to pull it up. It's been somewhere. It knows what it's all about. And every man or woman that's born of the Spirit of God is a witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How God needs some witnesses tonight. Go ye into all the world and witness me. And every generation to all the people, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. May the Holy Spirit soak these few words deep down into your soul. You shall receive power. After this, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you shall be a witness of me in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the world. While we bow our heads, sister, would you come to the organ? Let us bow our heads just a moment everywhere in prayer. Everyone just reverent as you can be now, be in prayer while the altar call is being made. The Holy Spirit's here each night giving divine unction a witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I wonder tonight if you're here and would like to become a witness of the Lord's resurrected power. You've never stayed until you was endued with power. Would you like to be remembered in a word of prayer? God bless you. God bless you. Hands up everywhere over the building. Oh, my, that's wonderful. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness' sake, for they shall be filled. Is there anyone in the building tonight that's never accepted Christ as personal Savior and say, Brother Branham, by my uplifted hand, the altar's powerful of people here now, but I'm going to lift up my hand and say, pray for me. I'm a sinner, and I, I here want to now let God see my hand that I want to accept Him as my Savior. God bless you, lady. God bless you, sir. God bless you, lady. God bless you. Someone over on the right, God bless you, sir. God bless you up there. That's fine. Some here's another one right here. God bless you. That's just wonderful. I want to become His witness. Another one would raise your hand and say, Brother Brandon, pray for me. I want to be remembered in a word of prayer. God bless you. I see you lady there with your hand up too. 
I see you, young man, over there on the end. I see you with your hand up. Hands are going up everywhere in this little audience tonight. The closing of the revival. How do we know? Here's another lady with her hands up. God bless you, sister. How do you know but what this will be the last revival? The little Branham Tabernacle will ever have. I stood today there over the cold, icy form of a young woman in her 20s. Took her out to the grave and buried her. Her little boys were sitting there by the father. The little fellows walked up to the casket. Father said, come on, tell mommy goodbye. They walked up there and waved their little hands to their dying, dead mother laying there. Goodbye, mommy. Her little brown eyes colored with tears. They hid their little faces in their hands. Oh, what did be sad if that mother was gone forever. But by God's grace, she was converted here at the tabernacle. That night that she made that decision and walked forward is the only thing that counts now. Last week she was running around over town here healthy and strong, intending to come to the meeting. Chuck sick and died just a little bit. Two friends of mine, both of them work for the public service company, were stricken yesterday in an accident, laying here in the hospital dying right now. The girl is, I work with her for 17 years. Heart knocked come to the other side of her. One of the substation operators, laying there a pal of mine. I sat on a log in the woods the many day and talked to him about the Lord Jesus. I want to see him in a little bit now. Talk to him again just before going out of life. See if the Lord will tell us anything for us. I wonder those who who raise their hand as being sinners and want to be remembered in a word of prayer. You've accepted Christ. I wonder if you believe now that you accept Jesus Christ. Be in prayer everywhere, every head bowed. If you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and believe that He saves you from sin right now, would you stand up to your feet as a witness? Any person that raised their hand would say, Lord, I know you promised me that whosoever believeth shall not be condemned. I now believe and accept you as my Savior. Would you stand we're pressed a little bit for time and for space here. God bless you. God bless you. Just remain standing, if you will. Stand. Will somebody else stand? Somebody else stand right now? Just remain standing, if you will. Everyone with your heads bowed now. Everywhere in the building, be in prayer. Lord, help now. Oh, God, forgive sinners. You said, He that comes to me, I will no wise cast out. These who now stood, God bless you, brother. Just remain standing. Someone else. Some of you that raise your hand say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Christ's sake. He'll do it right there. Thank God. Hallelujah. Right there. Philip says, here's water. What hinders us from being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. Well, you won't accept him right now as your personal Savior. And if you'll stand up and witness him before man, he'll witness you before Amen. the Father and the holy angels. He's looking at you. You want to be a witness? Stand to your feet then. If you're saying someone else, Hallelujah. a man and wife stood with their arms around each other, accepting Christ now as personal Savior. Thank you, someone else, would you stand to your feet quickly now? While the Holy Spirit is dealing here in the building? Say, I want to now accept Christ as my Savior. I want you to pray for me. That's what I'm going to do. As they're standing with tears rolling down their cheeks or in the building. Will you stand? Watch. Everyone, reverend, no one moving around if you please be in prayer. Listen. 
the Holy Spirit's now dealing with the people. What made you raise your hand? You could not raise your hand unless God made you do that. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father draw him. If you only knew, sinner friend, if the people I've talked to that says, I don't believe in God, I have no time for it, I once tried it, I, there's no, I never did even desire. And God has given you the desire tonight to become a Christian, don't turn him away. All right. While you're making your decision, don't turn him away.
Won't you come? The least you could do on this resurrection day is to come say, Lord Jesus, I believe you. Oh, how you need him. God's here in confirmation saying, I put my seal of approval on That is the truth. It's his gospel. You believe now with all your heart. I wonder if all we're making a call, if there's a backslider in here, to say, Brother Bram, remember me right now. Remember me. I'm raising up my hands. Remember me in prayer. Look, one of these days you're going to face Jesus Christ.